welcome to the podcast. You are listening to Your Daily Drive, and I am Rick Thomas. This is the podcast where we put our article content in audio format so you can listen to it. Today's article, I want to talk about something that is common to all of us, this idea of shame. We all struggle with shame. Some of us struggle with it more than others, but it is a part of our Adamic nature's Being born in Adam, we come with the problems that Adam had, and one of the problems that he had was shame. I call shame an internal awkwardness, not comfortable in our own skin. I titled this podcast, Shame, I Don't Want Anyone to Know What's Happening. I'm sure you felt that way at least one time or two in your life. Perhaps you are experienced that. Now, maybe that is your habituation, that you've always felt that way. Perhaps there have been a number of things that have happened to you that were adverse, adverse shaping influences like a horrible father experience or a poor religious experience. And these shaping influences have compounded this Adamic problem with shame to the point that you isolate from community, you isolate from legitimate problems that you have when you sin, when you do wrong, you don't have a community, you have no desire or motivation to talk about what's going on inside of you. That's a bad place to be. Biblical shame is genuine. It was one of the first things that happened to Adam after he sinned against the Lord. This is why we have this problem too, because we are born, we are born in Adam. Now, his response to shame was to grab a few fig leaves, which began a cover-up process that we all emulate. For those of you who have ever led a small group in your life, you know that this is a problem with the people in your small group, that there is an inhibition about sharing their true selves. This is one of the reasons that makes social media so popular among so many is because there is this invisible created distance in cyberspace to where You can be safe, and you don't have to reveal your entire self. But when it comes to opening up to other people and revealing your innermost thoughts, being transparent, being honest is hard. And the reason is because we carry this sense of shame. Now, what you don't want to do is to continue to go in that direction. You want to turn around and go in another direction. You want to head toward a community, even if that community is just one other person to where you can talk about what is wrong with you, what is going on inside you. If you are married, having this kind of relationship is special. It is rich. It is a blessing that is so rare to have a spouse that you can go to in a non-condemnation way, meaning you're not going to be condemned when you open up your heart to your spouse. And you can deal with these internal things that you have going on in your soul and Being in that kind of community, whether it's a marriage or a family or a local church, small group, whatever it may be, it is valuable. You are wealthy if you have that, but I realize that most people don't. Most of us are afraid to deal with our internal shame. We are afraid to open up in front of others. When we sin, we carry these problems inside of us, and that is not how it should be. And what I don't want you to do is to stay behind those fig leaves. Now, I know that's how we are tempted to live. Uh, We want to hide our true selves, and that's a bad place for anybody to be. And the big culprit in this idea of hiding is what we call biblical 
shame. Now, the shame that I'm talking about in this podcast is what happens when a person sins. They have sin in their life and they need help. They're embarrassed about it. They don't want to talk about it. They can't take advantage of all the means of grace that God provides for us to work through their sin problems. And one of those means of grace is the community of faith. Yes, we need our Bible. Yes, we need prayer. Yes, we need God. Yes, we need personal responsibility. Those are four means of grace, but we also need the community of faith. And the temptation is to hide from community. And so in this podcast, I'm talking about personal sin, sins that we commit when we transgress the law. There's another kind of shame or guilt. It's called a false shame or false guilt. Now, I'm not talking about that in this podcast. This is when someone does something to you. And it's not that you've done anything wrong, but because of how you have been shaped or been influenced by particularly authority figures, you can feel a false sense of shame. This podcast is not about that. I have an entire webinar on the supporting member of our website on false guilt, true guilt, false guilt, and how to work through that. But in this podcast, I'm talking about legitimate biblical shame, which is a biblical response after you sin and the necessity for you, for me to have a context, a community to talk about those things. And that's why I titled the podcast Shame. I don't want anyone to know what's happening. That is not a place that you want to be. I'm going to get to that in just a moment, but I want to share this. Did you know? Every year, we reach hundreds of thousands of lives globally. For many years now, we have been going into every country in the world by the grace of God. It is a wonderful mercy and blessing of God that he would use this ministry that way. This year, we will reach over one million individuals with the practical gospel of Jesus Christ. We help these people by providing practical tools and ongoing training for effective living. Through the written resources, audio broadcasts like this podcast, equipping videos, interactive forums, the Lord is impacting lives through this ministry. Will you partner with us to help us continue this fantastic gospel adventure? Olga, thank you so much for your donation recently. Jennifer, thank you also for your donation to our ministry. You can donate like Olga and Jennifer did, or you can become a supporting member of our community by going to our website. You can become a recurring supporting member for as little as $5 each month. You can provide practical tools for hurting souls. That's basically what you're doing because you are underwriting this ministry as we go global helping the body of Christ. If you are a local church, will you support our missional endeavors around the world? Whatever you can give to help this ministry will change many lives. Thank you. Shame. I don't want anyone to know what's happening. We learn two things from Adam's transgression. One, there are side effects to sin. It's a a law that you cannot alter. It's like gravity. What goes up will come down, and you can't alter it. There are side effects, and when you transgress, there will be side effects. That's thing one. The second thing that we learn is that you cannot ignore these consequences. Now, there are several consequences when we sin, but the one that I'm talking about in this podcast is biblical shame. It's his mercy to do that for us. It is God's mercy to 
bring things into our souls that cause us to be aware that we are doing things wrong. Because what that should do, it should motivate us to change. If you do not correctly respond when you transgress, this awkward internal feeling may tempt you to do what Adam did. What did Adam do? Well, at least three things. The first thing he did after he transgressed God's law is he put fig leaves on to mask his inner shame. For the first time in his experience, he felt weird. He felt something he had never felt before, and he went for the cover-up. He covered up his problems with fig leaves. And that's how a lot of us live. We live behind fig leaves because we're timid, we're inhibited about sharing our true selves to other people. The second thing Adam did is he ran from the truth, or he ran from, he ran from God. And later on, he began to justify his situation by blaming his wife for what happened. Now think about how shame can tempt you. Go back through those three things. When you do something wrong, there can be a temptation to cover up your problems. Number two, you may be tempted to escape from your problems And number three, you may be tempted to blame your problem on others. Now, I have done all three of these things, and I suspect if you're honest that you've done some version of these things as well. Because we live in Adam's shadow, we understand the what and why of his wrong actions. We get him. We get Adam. But even more unfortunate, our sense of shame does more than tempt us to react like Adam it skews our theological training. For example, let me give you an illustration of how our theology can become skewed when we respond like Adam. You may isolate like he did and not let anyone know about your struggle, maybe because you believe other folks are different from you. Maybe you believe other folks don't sin like you do. The devil has you in the corner, so to speak, saying that you're the only one. This Misguided perspective is sloppy theology. The Bible's real clear. For all have sinned. And even if your friends are believers, they still sin occasionally. John was so bold to say in 1 John that if you say that you have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But sometimes when we sin, we can feel so isolated, we isolate ourselves, and this is biblical shame working inside of us, and we're not responding the way we should respond to it. Also, if you're struggling inside because of your sin, it seems counterintuitive to tell anyone, to tell someone, because of the fear they will further hurt you by their stares, by their harsh words, by the rolling of the eyes by their alienation, and you're right. They may sin against you. Every person is not mature enough to steward all of your truth, and so you want to be careful about who you talk to because your instinct is correct. You may be stared at. You may receive harsh words. You may be alienated. But if you choose to shut down and not share what is happening with you, it is possible that you will cut yourself off from a significant means of grace that God provides to help you through your transgressions. And that means of grace is the community of God. When folks are afraid, 
to share their struggles with a close friend, but they genuinely want to talk to someone, they choose someone like me, a biblical counselor. I'm their short-term temporary friend. They're afraid to share their struggle, but they want to talk to somebody, and so they come to me, a biblical counselor. They come to our team. Now, we are not a full-time life coach, long-term answer. I am a short-term temporary friend. Now, I do this with joy. I love helping people, and by the grace of God, we will never turn anyone away. We want you to come and we want you to ask, but I want to be honest with you about who we really are. We are a parachurch organization. We come alongside the local church. I wish it weren't this way, but I do understand why someone would choose me over the folks who are closer to them, even those people in their churches. And so I don't want you to punish yourself because you come to me. I don't want you to feel criticized, condemned. I don't want you to hear that I don't want you to come to me. But regardless of the means that you use to find competent community, it's imperative that you rip the fig leaves off and you get real with at least one other person if you won't help. And so if all you have as far as help is concerned is a biblical counselor, our ministry, me, please don't hear that I'm turning you away. Get help. If you choose to cover, to run, to blame, the consequences will be devastating to your soul. After a while, you'll become dull of hearing. Eventually, you may have a hardened conscience. In Hebrews 3, 7, it says, Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. In 1 Timothy 4, 2, it says, Through the insincerity of liars whose consciences are seared. We hear in that verse that it is possible to sear your inner voice. It is possible to harden your conscience to such a place that you can't even hear yourself anymore. Your internal moral thermostat is your conscience that God gives to every human and you can harden it to such a degree that you can't hear anymore. And that's why Hebrews says, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. And so I don't want you to run from help, even if the help is me, even if the help is our ministry. But I am saying we are not the best case answer for you. The local church is. But if we are all that you have, please come and I want you to share with us because I don't want you to do what Adam did. I don't want you to cover up your problems. I don't want you to escape from your problems. I don't want you to blame your problems on other people. You must be free from them, and you must be willing to talk about them. The title of the podcast is Shame. I don't want anyone to know what's happening. Now, I'm going to finish this podcast by giving you nine tips when sharing your shame, because I realize that a podcast like this can open a, a can of worms as far as questions about sharing, the appropriateness of sharing, when to share, how to share, who to share with, and, and so forth. So I want to give you nine tips. This is not an exhaustive list by any stretch of the imagination, but these are nine things that I want you to consider as I motivate you to share and this internal struggle that you may have in your soul, especially when you sin and you need help working through it. Number one, don't tell everyone about your struggles. 
A fool will reveal his entire mind. Don't reveal your entire mind to every person that you know. Use wisdom. Use discretion. Use caution. Use discernment. Number one, don't tell everyone about your struggles. Number two, share with those who are compassionate. This is huge for me, that you are sharing with someone who is compassionate, that they will be kind, they will be loving to you. And you feel that. You feel that the way those felt that from the Apostle Paul, grace and mercy, grace and peace be with you. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. The compassion of Paul bleeds through all of his writings. The person that you choose to share with, make sure they're compassionate. Number three, share with those who are competent. I mean, why share with any individual if they do not have the biblical sense, the biblical competence to be able to help you? Number one, don't tell everybody one, about your struggles. Number two, share with those who are compassionate. Number three, share with those who are competent. Number four, share with those that you trust. You can talk to them and you can trust them. One of the most relieving things you can experience with someone that you're sharing with is you know that you can trust them. They're not going to go and share your junk with other people. Number five, share with those who are quicker to listen than speak. I don't know if this has ever happened to you. It's happened to me when you share with someone and you it's it's one of the reasons that we that all of my counseling my counseling sessions have always been two hours. They've always been two hours. As far back as I can remember, I don't remember a time when they weren't less than two hours. And the reason for that is is because people need time to talk. I've had that experience with people where I'm talking and and then it's like I, I don't feel like I've said it all. I don't feel like I've been understood. I don't, I don't feel like they have listened well, and they just start talking. Share with those who are quicker to listen than speak. Number six, share with those who understand you. They do have to get you. Number seven, share with those who aren't quick in trying to change you. That's important. In the first part of, of interacting with somebody, it really shouldn't be about change. It should be about compassion, trust, listening, understanding, not so much changing, not at this point. Number eight, share with those who are willing to, sh- to share their struggles. It's a reciprocal relationship. They want to share with you that they struggle as well. Reciprocality is important in these relationships. Number nine, share with those who are willing to stick with you. Not a firefighter individual who just listens to your problems but doesn't follow up, doesn't come alongside you. Whatever it takes, find help for your struggles. We need each other. A community is God's way of helping his children. If you are a person that people do not bring their problems to, please find out why. This is important because if people aren't coming to you with their problems, you got a problem. There's something wrong with you, and you need to figure out what that is and get help so you can be one of those people that people want to come to. What is going on with you that tempts people to look to other people to find help? Nine tips when sharing your shame. From this article, shame, I don't want anyone to know what's happening If I can answer any of your questions, please come to our ministry. Let us serve you. It would be our joy. Your Daily Drive is a production of rickthomas.net, a global community that is seeking to live more productive and inspiring lives. If you'd like to learn more about our community, please go to rickthomas.net, rickthomas.net.